Hey guys, welcome. We're your hosts, Hayley Young and Amy Keeble. Our heart is to encourage you, add joy to your life and be a small reminder that you're not in this crazy motherhood journey alone. We have each other and most importantly, we have God every moment, every day. We are super excited to have our very close friend Liz here. I have two children. Uh, and I have a 16 year old also. My name is Liz. I'm married to Josh. I got married when I was just 21. I'm obviously Anna. It has been very easy, apart from about four years of sleep got deprivation. Um, and I'm constantly she, going, um, I gotta lean hard into Jesus today. The privilege so, of walking through a number of different life I've seasons with so her. I place so much pressure on myself to be perfect. You need to remember it's just a season. It's a this time. conversation has been so encouraging. Amazing. Thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone. And this is our this And this is and our, this is our our village. Hey, hey, Haley, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I'm getting really, really warm because I'm sitting in my car to record, and it's actually very warm outside. So I'm, I'm just toasting. Melbourne has a beautiful spring day. It's awesome. It does. How's your week been? I don't know. Busy, good, and pretty uneventful, which is good. Uneventful emotionally too, so that's good. <laughs> How has your week been? It's been good. We actually shared the exciting news that we're pregnant. Yes, you um, did. Officially shared it. So we're 14 weeks now and um, we're expecting another little boy. Very so exciting. We're really excited. And it was really um, great to share it publicly. Yeah. Um, I think because we just haven't been seeing people. Like I obviously called and texted the people that um, I wanted to and needed to, but to then be able to share some good news at this time was really cool. Yeah, that was really special. And it was such a cute little announcement with Parker. <laughs> we were practicing all day, I would say, who's going to be a big brother? And he puts his hand up. <laughs> and then when I actually took a video, because in all the other practices, he would just give me the biggest smile. And then when I got the video, he wasn't really smiling because I found out that my mum was dancing behind me trying uh... to get him more excited, but it actually made him distracted. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> Look at what's going on. <laughs> so that was pretty Very funny. Very cute. But yeah, it's cute. Yeah, but so been a good week. That's good. That's really good. Oh, something I wanted to share actually. We just got a trampoline mm. and um, so we've been good. loving it. I might have mentioned it last week. I can't remember. But I found just a kids' worship playlist on Spotify and we've been playing it and while we've been on the trampoline. Parker doesn't always love it, I must admit. He Sometimes he doesn't want the music to play. But just hearing simple kids' worship has been really impactful and That's singing awesome. along to these songs that are simple but just truth-filled and mm. um, worshipping God. And I'm like, I never would have chosen this worship, obviously, mm. um, while driving in my car or for my own enjoyment, but it's been a really cool way just to remember, yeah, the, oh, what do I want to say basics? The foundations or maybe, maybe the core. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You should share it. We'll, we'll get the um, name of it and we'll put it up on a post, I think. And it was just the first one that came up on Spotify, but it's a good one. It's mm. been fun. So, and we've been playing it over lunch some days. Like, yep. Let's keep playing this. So if you need to go back to basics, Kids worship, guys. <laughs> That's good. So today we have a very special guest to the podcast. And I say special, and we'll talk about this later, but because she basically set us up 
to look nice. Yes. <laughs> she did all the branding and, and the logo and everything. And without her, it would have definitely not had the same. Nice appearance, beautiful mm -hmm. color scheme, beautiful logo. So she's very special to the podcast in more ways than one, but it is Rachel Broomfield. And Haley, you have an interesting story about meeting her. She's actually a funny name in your phone too. So you have to tell <laughs> us about it. <laughs> so in my phone, she is Rachel from Aldi. <laughs> and that's not because she worked at Aldi. It's because we met in a line at Aldi. We were both heavily pregnant, um, lining up before Aldi opened one day to buy the rocking chair that they bring out every now yes. and again. And we'd both read about how they sell out super quickly. Yeah. And it was actually my mum that got chatting to them first. And my mum is great at just chatting to people around she here. Is. And um, we chatted to them while we were in line. And then when we went to put the rocking chair in the trolley, we couldn't do it. And I was quite pregnant, mm. <laughs> probably had a few weeks to go. And so her husband, Tom was like, Oh, do you want some help um, getting in? We said, yes, please. Aww. They were behind us at the checkout. We're like, really nice to meet you guys. And then uh, we're down in the car park and I could see they were struggling to fit this huge box in their VW Golf. <laughs> and I was like looking and I'm thinking they're not going to fit it in. Like they're just not. And um, my mum had her four wheel drive and I'm thinking, I think we could get two in here. And we had found out they lived super close to us. And so like I yelled out down the car park, Hey guys, we can take your rocking chair if you want. Mum will drop wow. it off. Do you want they're like, really? It's like, sure. And um, so I thought that might take like five or 10 minutes. So I stopped to get a coffee while mum did that because we had driven separately. And then um, when they realized how much effort it took to get the rocking chair out of the car, they're like, I think we need to drive to Haley's house and help you get the <laughs> box out of the car. So then they drove to our house. But I miss this all because... I was getting the coffee. Anyway, they were chatting and mum would just start asking like, do you have good community? Cause you've about to have a baby. She's from Canada, Rach. And so her family mm. is not here. Tom's family lives in the country. And they said, yeah, we have a, a church that we go to and we have a great community there. And mum's like, oh, I had mm. a feeling you were maybe a, a Christian. Christian. And yeah. uh, so are we, I think you and Haley should exchange numbers. And um, then we went kind of on a blind date. <laughs> <laughs> we met up for coffee and it was like, we knew nothing about each other. That is so We asked questions and she became a super special friend. She was that friend I didn't know that I needed that would walk together multiple times a week, um, look after each other's kids. And they've actually just moved mm. 45 minutes away, but it's been really special. Yeah, she. I think that's so cool because it's like God just multiple little moments, put them in your path to engage with them. Because who mm. makes a friend at Aldi? <laughs> Who does? I haven't made any other friends at Aldi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's so cool. Well, we are very excited to bring this episode to you and we hope it is a blessing. Thank you so much for being with us today, Rach. It's going to be a great conversation. And before we really dive into it, we actually want to say a huge thank you because not only did you help us, you did everything yeah. um, for us in terms of our branding and getting set up, which... Amy knows a little bit, but I knew uh, nothing. It would have taken me so long and it would have been nowhere near. As you nice designed as our logo. You gave us a color palette. Yeah, fonts. So much fonts. Fun. I feel like you guys really were involved in it, though. Like, I feel like you took the direction I was going in and then kind of 
made it more. Without you, we would have been wandering off into the yeah. into the desert with no direction <laughs> at all. We'd be like, eh, no idea. It was such a. It was so helpful. And oh. if you guys have seen any of our posts or any of our logo branding, the cover of the podcast, pretty much mm-hmm. literally everything you see that's this is our village branded. Came out really well. I'm excited. Been pulled together yeah. by Rachel. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Such Thanks a blessing. for inviting me in it. It's so good to oh. be involved. You're uh, welcome. Thank you. I've never designed for a, a podcast before. Now I can be like, I have to design well, for a there podcast. You go. So, yeah. cool. so we did you a favor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but in seriousness, if you guys want to find, um, mm. get in contact with her at all or find her profiles, you can look her up on Instagram under August and Co. Is it yeah. August.co? Uh, just August and Co. Yeah, yep. just I guess. Yeah, yep. and um, you, you've also got a website. You said that's going to be down for a little while. Yeah, so it's augustinco.com. But so I think cool. you can still go there now. Um, but it may or may not be there when you go look. Yeah, <laughs> so definitely try Instagram if you can't mm-hmm. get on yeah. there. But definitely recommend her. She's super helpful, really quick, Thanks. and just incredibly creative, and did an extremely it was so good much job. Fun. I loved it. So thank you. And um, we might just start off by asking you to introduce us to yourself and your family and maybe give us a little bit of background about who you are. Yeah. So I am Canadian. So I moved here um, in 2013, I think it was. Um, And I am married to Tom, um, who I met in Australia here. Um, And uh, together we have our 14-month-old daughter named Emily, Mm -hmm. who is just the light of our lives and is so sweet and hilarious. so cute. (laughs) And then we have our little caboodle named Bo, who's like a little fluffy white thing. And he's, yeah, very sweet. He's as soft as a blanket. Yes. He's he's super soft, yeah. (laughs) He's like Louie and... Uh, Haley's dog and just so friendly <laughs> too friendly softer than Louis. someone is the he? other day is like Louis so soft and I was like you should feel my friend Rachel's dog <laughs> He's even so even. oh you should feel my friend Rachel's dog it was funny that I was telling <laughs> I don't even know who it was but I was like Louis's got no, nothing like, on Bo <laughs> <laughs> he's been so cuddly this morning it's been really sweet oh, he's very cute he's adorable so why yeah. did you come to Australia and then obviously you met Tom and mm. stayed but why did you choose Australia I don't over know. going back to Canada growing up I always had this weird um infatuation with Australia I just always wanted mm. to travel here mm. don't know why um I just loved it my friend I had a friend Karis growing up who is still my friend to this day and her uh family or her extended family lived in Australia they went back and forth from Australia wow. to Canada so they spent all the summers in sorry they spent Australian summers in Australia and then Canadian summer in Canada. Wow. Um and so I just always just loved it so much and so I travel I went to when I was 19 I traveled here and I worked with YWAM. So I was a volunteer mm-hmm. with YWAM Melbourne uh, which was a really good experience and then I met Tom within days of arriving here. <laughs> wow. Like 3 4 days. And I didn't think much about him, but just, yeah, well, he's really tall. (laughs) (laughs) And he is. He is very tall. And and then we, like a month later, we started dating. So he took me out to see the city. And um, I was actually going to bring my friend along to our date, not thinking it was a date. I just thought he was being nice. (laughs) So glad I didn't do that. (laughs) Sure, he was really glad. (laughs) Yeah. So then we, yeah, we started dating in October. We were engaged in March. So we went over to Canada wow. for four days for Tom to meet my family and to uh, ask my dad to marry for me. four days. Yeah. So we literally, wow. we flew over. We were in Canada for, yeah, we, it was just, it all happened super quickly because Tom could only get that uh, long off mm. work. 
And my dad, Tom has really, really big feet. They're like size 16 or something. And he can never find <laughs> shoes in Australia. So him and my dad went shoe shopping in Canada and that's how they bonded. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So then by the end of it, um, yeah, Tom asked my dad and then we flew back home and then I, we spent some more time in Australia together. And then I flew back in July, planned our wedding. Tom flew over in October of 2013. Yeah. So no, sorry, I moved here in 2012, not 2013. Mm-hmm. And then we were married in December in, in Canada on a very, it was minus 50 on our wedding day. Wow. Crazy. So cold. It was the coldest place on earth on that particular day. Wow. Was, yeah. It was so cold. I cannot even imagine. Yeah. And you have photos outside, right? Yeah, we do. We had to plan all of our photos. So we, the photographer's were like, okay, you're going to pose like this. And then we had to run outside, take the photo because the lens would freeze over almost immediately. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Oh, grief. Yeah. So it was obviously an indoor wedding then. Yeah. <laughs> I would hope. I would hope. That's great. Was it planned? Like not planned to be that cold. Obviously, you don't plan it's for a day to wedding. Did you know it was going to be that cold? Yeah, I mean, Canada during it was December, so Canada mm. and Calgary is it's very cold. cold. Yeah, <laughs> but the most beautiful thing was when it is that cold. It was, so the day before it snowed, so it was just beautiful. Mm. And when it's that cold, it's actually really sunny because there's no cloud cover, yeah. which makes it warmer. Mm. So wow. the snow was glistening, glistening, and it was just oh, it was oh, that's beautiful. So cool. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to go stalk your wedding photos after this. I think. Yeah, it was gorgeous. It was that's so awesome. Fun. And there were, we had um, in the place we got married, there was a big fire, like a wood log fire, and mm. so wow. it was so cold, get so cozy. So yeah. it sounds like a movie. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, beautiful. like with weddings, a lot of the time, the day is less comfortable than it it looks from the outside, yeah. but the photos are what you do it for, basically. Yeah, exactly. That's basically the only reason you have a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not true. My, my brother got married on a really rainy day, and we were outside all afternoon mm. in this, like, it wasn't pouring. It was like that yucky, just wet, oh, dirty. misty rain. Mm. But yeah. the photos are amazing. Mm. Yeah. But it was miserable. It does not capture what it felt no. like, but it was just magical. One of my good friends, he didn't make it to the wedding because he – so. Where we had our wedding, it was in the country, so these really big, slippery roads. Mm. And we have this thing called black ice. I don't know if yeah. you mm-hmm. get that, but it's, you don't know it's there, and you just slip on it. So he he was on his way to the wedding, and he slipped on some black ice and had his car into a ditch and had to – He in minus 50 weather, he hitchhiked from <gasps> his car. Oh and he didn't make it because he – yeah, because his car was just totaled oh, into, a, into a snowbank. <laughs> Wow. That's definitely not something so, we'd experience here. No, very often. no, no. And I just it's wanted to, to clarify, did you say that your friend that you knew would do summer here and then summer in Canada? Yeah. So her family, yeah. Her, so they uh, just live summer all yeah, the time. All the time. Yeah. That They're just very, blows my mind. Very wealthy, obviously. This <laughs> summer is not as hot as our summer. No, though. no. no. But just imagine that, like just being like, I don't feel yeah. like having summer yeah. this year. No winter. A winter, sorry, yeah. Let's just yeah. go somewhere else. I actually lived with them for, when I moved to Australia, I went there to, they live in Sydney, mm-hmm. um, and I, in uh, Manly, and I lived with them for about, like, a month and a half, and wow. it was, yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. They That's very, awesome. Very cool life. Very, mm-hmm. very cool. It sounds like it. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we really appreciate you being with us today, and mm-hmm. the things that we're going to talk about are quite personal mm-hmm. and vulnerable, mm-hmm. so we appreciate you been willing to chat about them and um, just want to warn listeners that there may be some triggers um, in this mm-hmm. episode about um, pregnancy and miscarriage and um, but we do just pray that this will be a blessing for those that mm-hmm. listen whether it's uh, because it's personal or 
whether it's about educating yeah. us mm-hmm. about knowing more. So thanks yeah. for talking to us. Yeah. Can you share with us about your first pregnancy? Mm. Yeah. So um, it was in 2017. Tom and I decided we were going to start trying to, for a baby. And um, so we, oh, I can't, the desire, I don't know if you felt the same way, but the desire to have a baby was just the strongest feeling I've mm-hmm. ever felt. Yeah. Um, I just have never felt like such a, strong desire to just every part of my body wanted to have a baby. It was yeah. crazy. It was all I could think about. And it becomes just, obsessive, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, so I began tracking like my cycle and it was just so, mm-hmm. so obsessed with it. So then we ended up getting pregnant quite quickly, which was, we were very thankful for. And around like week five or six, I, six, I just be, started becoming horrifically sick. Mm. Um, I was vomiting up to 20 times a day and oh my um, goodness, just horrible. So horrible. I, my body, I kept telling Tom, it felt like my body had been drugged. It was, even to this day, I don't really know how to explain it, but I just felt my body was almost shaking and I mm. just, I couldn't focus. I was, I was just so out of sorts. Um, I was pretty much going from my bed to the toilet um, all day long. It was just horrible horrible um yeah I we were we have another business with uh, Tom's family and we were starting this business at the, at the time that I got really sick and oh I just couldn't do what I needed to do for the business and so it was so hard to explain to people how sick I was because you hear about morning sickness and mm. and tr- trying to explain that it's more than that it's just yeah really really hard and even yourself you're like is this just morning sickness and am I just really weak and am I can I not handle this and so mm really, really difficult. And Tom was trying his best to support me, but again, he's never experienced this either. So yeah, you never know what, you don't know what to do with that. No, exactly. Yeah. So we kept, Tom was calling nurse on call. Um, and each time they would ask me if this was my first pregnancy and Tom would say yes. And immediately they would say, oh, just drink lots Mm -hmm. of water, try ginger, eat every hour. Um, and so obviously anyone who has had, um, really bad sickness knows that those things don't help. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so it's just horrible. So then we had a scan at eight weeks and we saw a little heartbeat and, um, that was really exciting. I think that helped the sickness a little bit because you knew something was happening there. Yeah. Yeah. There was a reason for all the (laughs) sickness. Mm. Um, so yeah, so we had that scan and then we, for the 12 week scan, uh, Tom and I, I think, I don't know if it was just because we were naive and it was, this is our first time having a baby. We just didn't really understand the reason for it. We knew things were going well. I was sick. We had that eight week scan and we pretty much thought the 12 week scan was just to check for down syndrome. Yeah. And we weren't really concerned about, we didn't care if that was. Didn't have any worry going into it. Yeah. So we decided not to have that scan. Um, So we didn't have that and everything again, I was really sick still and everything was seemed to be going well. Um, I started getting a little bit of a bump and um, things like that. So then at 16 weeks, we had a just a routine doctor's visit at um, Box Hill Hospital mm-hmm. in Melbourne. And we got into the appointment. The doctor, she was wonderful, such a wonderful doctor. She asked us all the normal questions. And then mm-hmm. she asked if we wanted to hear the heartbeat. And so we said, yes, oh, that would be wonderful. So she gets us up on the table and she starts feeling my belly with the Doppler. And she can't find the heartbeat for about five minutes. So we started getting a bit nervous, but that's normal. Sometimes you you can't necessarily hear it. Yeah. So, she says, I'm just going to get a little ultrasound machine in the room and we'll try that. So she brings in this old ultrasound machine. Yeah. It's like yep. a puke green color. Yeah. And you can <laughs> barely see anything on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, how can you see anything on that? Yeah. So she starts with that. And again, um, just the feeling in the room just began to change. And both mm. Tom and I started getting really nervous. And 
she didn't say anything yet. She was just staying very calm. So she says, Rachel and Tom, I want you to go into the waiting room and I'm going to get you into a room with sort of a more, more modern ultrasound machine. Mm-hmm. So we're in this waiting room for what felt like an hour, but it was probably all of 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And Tom and I weren't really saying much to each other, just holding, holding each other's Silent. hand. And so we get into this room and she starts going on my belly with the dot with the machine and she just starts crying. The doctor starts crying. Oh my goodness. And I look at Tom and I'm I'm like, what? What like you this can't be. This is something I even before going to try to have to have a baby, I was something I feared for the longest time that that this would happen. Yeah. Um, and I heard heard stories about other women, I just I prayed to God, like I do not want that to happen to me. I just don't know how I how I would handle it. I don't think I could handle it. Mm. So um, she starts crying and I start crying and I look at Tom and I'm just like, there's no way this, this can't be happening. I've been so sick. I'm still sick. How can, how can this be happening? So um, she says, I'm really sorry. Um, I'll give you guys a minute. So we're in the room and Tom and I are just can't even believe what's going on. And then they wanted, they looked at the, when they were looking at, when the doctor was looking at the ultrasound, she's suspected something just looked very odd. It didn't look like a normal sort of miscarriage. Something looked off. So she wanted to get us into a even more sort of modern ultrasound machine. So Mm. we went downstairs and we were in this waiting room and then we finally get in and uh, we have another ultrasound and she, they suspected that I had something called a molar pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So pretty much what a molar pregnancy is, is instead of a baby forming uh, cells form. So it's, um, there's a partial molar pregnancy and a full molar pregnancy in a full molar pregnancy, the entire sort of fetus is just cells, whereas a partial molar pregnancy, you get things like a heartbeat, but it's not viable because it's essentially just wow. lots of cells. They call it a molar pregnancy because it's like a bunch of moles. It's like um, grows into like grape-like cyst mm-hmm. in your body. So anyways, they suspected that, but they weren't 100% sure. So a couple of days later, I had a, a DNC um, to get everything out and they sent the tissue away for testing. And then a couple of days later, we, th- we found out that it was indeed a partial molar pregnancy. And a symptom of a, a, symptom of a partial molar pregnancy is um, hyper, hyperemesis gravidarum, so intense wow. sickness. So that explained why I was so Yeah, because so usually you hear the opposite, that in lots of miscarriages, like there's, there's very few symptoms and yeah. sickness doesn't tend exactly. to go hand in hand with that. That's so fascinating. Yeah, so it was crazy. So... And it's very rare. So molar pregnancies mm. are like one in fifteen hundred. So it doesn't Agreed. happen very often. And partial partial molar pregnancies are even more rare. Um, so it was kind of nice, sort of, to have a, a reason for why I was, I was yeah. so sick. Um, and so the reason for that is because the pregnancy hormone, so HCG, is just it goes to insane levels, like in the millions. Um, and so that's wow. why you're so sick because the pregnancy hormone is just so intense in your body. So yeah. So. Um, Finding out that was kind of, at least it gave a reason for why the pregnancy wasn't viable and for what happened. Because mm-hmm. I think in a normal miscarriage, my heart goes out to a woman because you don't know, you don't necessarily know mm-hmm. sort of why that happened. So it was mm-hmm. nice in, in some ways to know yeah, why. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's what happened. So that's our first pregnancy. So after the days following that, though, it was so crazy because after we came home, after finding that out, Tom and I... We went to, we got, got a bottle of wine, <laughs> we came <laughs> home, and we watched um, stand-up comedy on Netflix, mm. um, and it was just, it was very weird, because if I would have thought of that happening prior to, to actually experiencing that, I just can't even imagine doing that, um, yeah. mm. 
But I, the days following and the weeks following that experience, I hadn't have never, ever felt God so strongly in my life. Mm. It was just, he was more real, more present than ever, ever before. Um, even now, when I look back on photos I had during that time, and it was almost leading up to Christmas. So we had lots of, we were getting ready for Christmas and baking mm. cookies. And I look back on that time and it was just so sweet. There was so much joy. Um, mm. And I appreciated such small things and I gave grace to people. I just, I would walk, I would go walk my dog and I would just look at people and think, you have no idea what people are battling. Yeah. Um, you have no idea what happened to people that day. And the, I would go to the cafe and if a lady was rude to me, I would think, I have no idea what she, what happened to her that mm. morning. Um, and even now I think back and I'm like, oh, I just, I want that closeness to God. I've just never, ever, ever felt so close to him. And I felt him so present and it was beautiful. Mm. It was a strange mix of, of such joy, but yet grief as well. Mm. Um, that is such a beautiful reflection yeah. and perspective. Yeah. Going chills. It, he makes beautiful things out of the oh, crappy. He mm-hmm. really does, yeah. And to go from something I feared in my life happening mm. and thinking, how would I ever deal with something like that? I could never deal with something like that. Mm. To him just being, giving me so much grace and so much love. And, and we had joined a church um, just months prior to this experience happening. And we had gotten to a small group who now are just some of my most beautiful friends and they were just wonderful to us during that time. They brought us meals and cookies and sent us flowers and messages of support. And, Mm. um, Tom and I, we lived in the city prior to living, um, in Blackburn where we were when this happened and we didn't really have many friends in the city. And, um, so to have this experience happen just months after we had joined this beautiful, beautiful group of, of people from church was so timely and just yeah, God's grace. It's so beautiful. Mm. Mm. Really amazing. There's, there's obviously so much processing that happens after a grief, a, a loss like that and grieving through stuff like that. What role did your friends and family play in that? Oh, I think just being a listening ear, I think just listening mm-hmm. and supporting me through that time and just even just coming over, my friends would come over and just watch a movie. Um, mm-hmm. We wouldn't necessarily talk about it. Yeah. Um, I think talking about it for me, I, I, I've, I'm recognizing now that everyone sort of deals with it differently. But for me, yeah. we had announced on Facebook to our friends and family that um, we were pregnant because we mm. didn't have that 12-week scan. So we were up until 16 weeks when this happened. So we had announced that we were pregnant to our friends and family. And so we kind of had to announce that this is this is what happened because people would be asking us, have you had the mm-hmm. baby? Or friends in Canada would be asking. So for me, that really helped, I think, telling people what had happened because I got messages from so many women who had walked this road before me mm. and were able to um, just be there for me and give me their experience and how they've gone yeah. through it and that it's going to be okay. Um, and sending me scriptures and things to, to read and to listen to. So in some ways people say, Oh, do you kind of wish that you may wouldn't have announced it because then you wouldn't have had to announce that you lost the pregnancy, but no, I'm so glad that we ended up having to because mm. yeah, I got so much support and, yeah, it was yeah. worked out the way it was meant to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's it, there's positive and negatives, positives and negatives to both. But if you don't announce, if you haven't hadn't shared that with people, you would have to broach it with people in order yeah. to receive that support in return. So there is a beauty in you were able to be open and mm. that support exactly. was there automatically instead of you having to kind of seek it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's just nice now having gone through that to be able to be a support for women even now talking on this podcast Absolutely. for women who are going through that um, and just 
letting people know it's going to be okay. It really is yeah. going to be okay. Um, it doesn't feel like it in the moment, but it, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think God's so present in, in situations like that. You don't, you don't, when you think about those things happening, you, you can't imagine how you're going to react because mm-hmm. you don't know yeah. until it yeah. happens. And God's not going to give you that until you are actually in that experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good um, view on that. Like, mm-hmm. why would he <laughs> give us what, not give us what we need to go well, through why something? Why would he teach but, you your heart yeah. to deal yeah. with grief like that if yes. you're not going through the grief like yeah. that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 He gives you what you need when you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. Mm. So, yeah, so it's very strange to think, I think to myself, I'm so thankful for that happening, which is very mm. strange even to say. Mm. Um, but I really am. Yeah. I think it taught me a lot. Wow. Mm-hmm. Could you share with us now about your second pregnancy and what it was like? Yeah. So we um, we had to wait a little bit from our first pregnancy to the second to try again because, um, I'm not sure if I said this, but with a molar pregnancy, there's a risk of it becoming cancer. Um, so wow. it can turn into a very rare form of cancer. Um, mm. So you have a DNC, which gets everything out, but um, if there's cysts that, that are stubborn and want to stay there, it can turn into a, a cancer and so mm. some women, they end up having to go into chemo and Good grief. crazy. And it's, it's, you just never know about these things until you, mm. I haven't never, I've never heard of a molar pregnancy before yeah. until you experience it. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think I, if I might be getting this wrong, but with a partial molar, molar pregnancy, the chances of it turning into cancer are practically zero. Whereas with a full molar pregnancy, you have a higher chance, still rare, okay. but you have a higher chance mm-hmm. of it turning into a, a mm-hmm. cancer yet where you need treatment. Mm. So so what you need to do after you have a molar pregnancy is have follow-up blood tests because if the mm. pregnancy hormone doesn't go down to zero or pretty much zero, you then have to go into treatment because that's showing that the hormone isn't going down and there's something going on there. Mm. So we had to have wow. weekly or sorry, bi-weekly blood tests to make sure the hormone was going down. Mm. Um, and they tell you to wait quite a bit. Like I think they ideally want you to wait till like a year to start trying again, just to make sure everything is back to normal. Your body's back to normal. Mm-hmm. It's had time mm. to recover. Um, but I think we, from memory, we, it happened in November-ish and we started trying again in July. So July, mm-hmm. 2018. So yeah, so we started trying in July, 2018 and, um, I was very nervous. I think you're nervous regardless of whether, whether you've had a miscarriage, mm-hmm. but miscarriage just kind of puts another layer on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we got pregnant straight away, which was a massive blessing and um around five again five or six weeks i again started becoming horrifically sick mm. and it was such a letdown because i thought oh i i had a reason for why i was so sick mm. in, in that first pregnancy why am i so sick again um it wasn't to the same level but pretty much it was like i'd say like 80 to 90 percent as bad wow. and so again it was just like throwing up multiple times a day not being able to keep Good any grief. food down um and i think the hardest part of having um hyperemesis is the mental part of it is so so tough because you mm. i am productive most of the time and i like to you know like most people like to get things done and like to have a to-do list and things you want to do and you just your body you physically cannot do what you normally do mm. um and it's like your body's raging a war on itself it's just mm. horrible and horrific and again so hard to explain to people what you're experiencing and, and how bad it really mm. is um and so, yeah, so then around, um, and again, I was so scared to go to the doctor because HD, it's getting better and um, there's more sort of uh, p- people are uh, teaching people about like 
how bad it really is. And so there's mm. more resources out there for people, but doctors can be so dismissive about how, yeah. how about HG and they just dismiss it as normal morning sickness. So again, I went to the doctor, they just said, oh, you're fine. Just drink lots of water, eat every hour. Blah, blah, blah. So then at around 23 weeks, I was suddenly just way better. I wasn't sick anymore. And the rest of my pregnancy was was really easy, <laughs> thankfully. So it went, it That's was amazing. flipped from being like, absolutely horrible. Whereas I feel like God's like, okay, we'll give you <laughs> the end of your pregnancy. We'll make it easier on you. <laughs> That's amazing. So I loved being pregnant from about 23 weeks onwards. I mm. just, yeah, loved being pregnant. And we were, I had gestational diabetes as well in mm. my pregnancy. Um, so it was a bit of a curveball, but it was fine. And then we were induced at 38 weeks because I, a couple of days before I turned 38 weeks, I was not really getting much movement from Emily. So we were in and out of the hospital, ended up getting induced, had a super quick labor. It was like three hours, super quick and easy. And then we had our sweet Emily. Wow. So, yeah. So That's it, amazing. It all, um, yeah, was turned out okay. <laughs> and so what was it like becoming a mum to Emily and having mm. a newborn? What was life like for you? Yeah, it was, oh, it was all very new. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think anybody can prepare you for having nope. a baby. <laughs> um, it was beautiful and I was tired. And, mm -hmm. um, the, Emily was a bit of a difficult newborn. She cried a lot and um, wasn't the most like content newborn ever. I saw so many babies just sleeping all day. I'm like, oh, my goodness, my baby doesn't do that. <laughs> So it was a bit of a struggle in the early days. Um, I had a bit of postpartum depression and got help mm -hmm. from that. Um, again, had wonderful, beautiful people around me. And Tom is just so supportive and wonderful. So he helped me go and get help and talk to the doctor. And I got on some medication, which just made of a world of a difference. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's just, I don't know if it's going to be the same with the second, but as a first time mom, there's just so much to adjust to. You go from yeah. your life being all about you and your husband and, and, your relationship and what you want to do in a day to having to take care of a little human and keep it alive and keep it happy and healthy and, and fed constantly and, too. Like, it's like, it's not like a job where you go home. No, exactly. At the end of the day. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. It's the rest of a long time. Yeah, exactly. And you just love this little thing so much mm. that you are so concerned with keeping it. Yeah. Again, happy and just, it's very all consuming. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it was a bit of a struggle in the early days. Mm -hmm. um, but then I think, you know, things go on and you get your rhythm as a mom and you sort of get your routine. And of course, there's still hard days. Even now, yeah. my daughter's 14 months old, you still have hard days. But yeah. you you forget what your old life was like, I think. And you yeah. get into a new rhythm of, of being a mom and what that means and what that looks like. Mm. Um, and yeah, and it's just the best. I love her so much. She's mm. the sweetest little thing and brings so much joy to our lives. And I can't even imagine not having her she's just the best I love it mm. <laughs> yes. she is very beautiful she's one of Parker's little besties yeah Parker's joining us on the um, podcast at the moment too listening <laughs> yeah, and he's making eyes at me <laughs> like why are you talking about me <laughs> that's so cool I love yeah. I love reflecting on um that process of the kind of I guess really the first six months of motherhood yeah really the first two mm -hmm. months are like it's like you're going through a fire. <laughs> you're just being refined because everything you knew, even in your pregnancy, which was hard and, and in many ways your body's not your own anymore, but having a baby mm. just changes 
everything. 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 Mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Changes you as a person. Changes. Yeah. yeah. But even again, like to go back to what we were talking about before, I'm so glad I went through that experience because I think it really helped me to um, know that God's going to bring me through it. And I know that it's going to exactly. be okay. Yeah. Even though there were days sometimes I'm like, no, no. this isn't going to be okay. Mm. I really deep within myself, I knew it was going to be okay. Fuck. No. Mm. <laughs> And yeah, so, but it is, it's a huge change, huge shift, mm. um, but a beautiful one, beautiful it and really exhausting is. one. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really do like the, um, from the tap in the background. <laughs> <laughs> this is why they really should, we should be at a different yeah, location. <laughs> um, um, I love the term of the fourth trimester because yeah. it yeah. really is, um, yeah. another part of our journey and mm-hmm. growing and understanding becoming a mum. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it really is. I, I often say to Blair, especially like throughout the um, the quarantine or the COVID restrictions and stuff like that, I just was like, I can't remember what it was like to not have kids. And I can't uh, even imagine what it would be like to do this as a, as a person without kids. I yeah. just like your whole life is just so different and it's just, yeah. Yeah. But it's beautiful. It's like the, it the most... Oh personality creating yeah. resilience creating selflessness creating process to go through mm. yeah absolutely yeah and I think just remembering that everyone's experience is so different like yeah. I would see these women who were in this and I'm using air quotes newborn bliss and I thought to myself oh is there something I'm doing wrong is there yeah. something that I'm yeah. not doing why am I not experiencing that um but I think our we're all different and all our experiences are going to be so we have different personalities mm-hmm. um and so it's okay that your experience isn't that. Um, Absolutely. And some people may struggle in their early days and some people may thrive in, in when they're older. Some people might struggle when they're yeah. um, t- toddlers or teenagers. So yeah. everyone's going to have Some their... people might look like they're struggling or not struggling but when they, they, when they yeah. really are. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's going through it differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're all just trying our best. and Yeah. 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 Let's just have grace for everybody. Yeah. And stop <laughs> comparing ourselves. <Yes>. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I guess in referring to going through a loss like what you did and also I guess um with your HG and even with um, postnatal depression do you have any resources that you could share that might help Mm. another mom that's going through similar things yeah so there's um HG Australia is an Mm -hmm. amazing resource so um they actually only just I think like a couple months ago they started um but there's HG uh the UK um, which is an amazing Mm -hmm. resource and then so Australia has come off the back of that and they have on their website, they have stories of women who have gone through, um, gone through this. And also they have numbers of doctors who understand this condition. Oh, that's so good. Which is so good. And yeah. I think next time around, knowing that that's there is such a help mm, for yeah. me, um, knowing that there's a doctor I can go to who's going to understand. understand. Yeah, Be understand. sensitive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you really need that. You need someone who's not just going to dismiss you and mm. and not really take it seriously. So. That's a really, really amazing resource. If, if anyone listening is going through this or is fearful that they may go through this, go to them because, yeah, they're mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, and even get in touch with them as well. I know you can email them and they can – they're setting – I believe – I could be getting this wrong, but I think they're setting up a support system where um, you can be texting somebody or calling somebody all throughout the day and they'll send you encouraging messages and just be someone there That's who so understands. Cool. It's mm. really cool. So I would love to volunteer for that if um, once yeah. I get that started up. Yeah, so that's an amazing resource. Um, as for with the loss, I 
I feel like I was very blessed to have a really great support system around me. So I didn't really have to reach out to anyone. Mm. Although I reached out to, what is it called? Sands, I think. Yeah. Sands, it's called. Just mm. like a pregnancy after loss helpline. Mm. And I reached out to them when I was pregnant with Emily, because I just had like debilitating anxiety around something happening. And Absolutely. so I chatted to a woman on, on the phone there and she just helped me so much and talked through mm. things. So if you, everyone experiences differently, but I'd just say reach out. Just, just if yeah. you have someone in your life who you really trust, reach out to them yeah. and tell them what you're experiencing. And um, that really helps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we actually have a friend um, that wrote a beautiful book for people yes. that have um, yeah. lost children either in miscarriage or... Um, as children mm. called heart space and it's a um, self-guided coaching book mm. to mm. reflect so on good. what yeah. you've gone through which she um, wrote that after not finding the right resources mm. after having a stillbirth yeah and um, so good another great resource for people yeah. and a beautiful um it's beautifully presented so it makes a um, thoughtful gift as well yeah. it does yeah That's awesome. i'd also add as well um <laughs> there most hospitals that you go through um would have well i think it's most hospitals would have a perinatal mental health yeah, yeah. um wing <laughs> um and so if you're if you are especially in a pregnant in a pregnancy that you're having after going through loss and you're struggling with yeah. any of that anxiety um and processing that, definitely reach out to them and ask them to make appointments for you because they can really help you practically with putting a plan in place yeah. for your birth of your next child and following you up on either end of that as well. So mm-hmm. it's I had I I had um, an appointment with them because I just was really stressed about my birth situation and I did have to really specifically ask to be mm-hmm. booked in. Um, but if you've gone through something like a loss, I'm hoping they're a little bit more upfront with what they can offer. Yeah. But most hospitals will have something. So if you're dealing with processing after that it's definitely worth looking into yeah, something absolutely and finding mm. out the doctor we had um we had a doctor because i had gestational diabetes so we had a doctor through kind of the end of my pregnancy and she was really sensitive about the situation and mm. <clears throat> kind of part of the reason we got induced early was because um we just didn't want anything to go wrong yeah at the end so yeah having somebody if you can try to find a doctor or a midwife yeah. who understands and who will be sensitive to the situation yeah absolutely. and don't be afraid to just be ask questions and if you're not yep. getting the answer you want just just ask the questions and, and just mm. yeah yeah that's great advice yeah. it is really hard to stand up for yourself sometimes Ugh. and I think it's especially if you're in the public system where you're seeing different people often yeah and you're and you're in amongst a lot of people that mm-hmm. they're seeing every day it can be really easy to be brushed off or treated poorly or not understood mm-hmm. or not that not that the doctors are being intentionally being hurtful no, or no. Submi- uh, not submissive, dismissive, but, um, but they can just easily not be the sensitive yeah. support you need. And it's hard to stand up for yourself, but it's important to really ask for what you need and you keep asking and you keep pushing if you do, especially if your first child, it's like, Ugh. you don't know what you can push for, but yeah. it's yeah. so important that you do get the support you need. And even mm. if you're not that kind of person, Hopefully, maybe you have a partner who, yes, who is exactly. Who yeah. them. I brought Blair along with me because I was like, I need to have this conversation. I don't think they're going to let me make them do this, yeah. but I'm, I'm going to get pushed over. But yeah, exactly. it's, yeah, that's a good point. Your partner or a friend or someone that's gone through it. Yeah. 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 And you can have, um, there's a program where you can have a midwife who's currently going through the course, I think. You can have mm-hmm. her 
year long in your pregnancy. I forget what it's called. Yeah, student midwife. Yeah, student midwife. Yeah, yeah they're really good. Yeah. Yeah. So if I, I, next pregnancy, I didn't find out about that until quite late mm. on in my pregnancy. But next pregnancy, I think that's something I would definitely, definitely take advantage of. Definitely. Yeah. And really help. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of each podcast, we have a couple of questions we like to ask our guests. And um, the first question is, looking back over the last 14 months or even, I guess, the last few years Mm. um, from when your mothering journey really started, Mm. is there anything that you would have done differently, been easier on yourself with or perhaps um, would have liked to put more effort into Mm. or focused on? Yeah. I think I remember, (laughs) I I don't know how old Emily was, but it was in the first couple of weeks. And Tom and I, at around 2 p.m., we were still in our pajamas Tom had been sitting with Emily on his chest practically all day. And I remember getting really upset at Tom. I was like, we've been so lazy today. We haven't Mm. done anything. Why haven't we done anything? We have all these things we want to do. We need to like get her name submitted and stuff. Why haven't we done that? And now I look back and I wish, I wish I was just more chill. (laughs) I wish I was, I wish I would have just, oh, it doesn't matter if we're in our pajamas all day. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Mm. Um, I haven't been doing that long. So that's one big thing I can think about is just, I wish I would have embraced those first couple of weeks more um, mm. and just not worried about what we had to do or not do. And um, yeah, and just been a bit more, had a more grace for myself and for Tom, mm. I think. Yeah. Um, and then as well, looking back to right from when we started, I think I wish I was maybe less obsessed about it. I wish I would have just let it happen the way it was going to happen. Although in saying that, I think that's so easy to say when you're on the other side of it. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that can, it's much easier said than done, Mm. but I do wish I would have just let, let it take its course and happen the way it was meant to happen and not worry so much. Mm. Um, yeah. So hopefully next time around Mm. (laughs) I'll I'll worry less. (laughs) Yeah. I can completely relate to that. I just, I kept telling myself when I was trying to get pregnant with Charlie, even now, even now, I'm not trying to get pregnant. I still get obsessive about it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, am I pregnant? Yeah. I just took a test the other day because I was like, I think I'm pregnant. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was negative. I don't know about Mine yours. Was negative. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so obsessive. And I, I think some people are really chill about it. And I yeah. always like look at them and I'm just like, wow, how did you just, you're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But for me, I was like waking up at the same time every day to take my temperature yeah. and checking everything and, and doing ovulation tests. And yeah. I was obsessed and it, it was, that's fine. It was an interest, but it also then became a stress yeah, and exactly. something that I couldn't, I was so heartbroken every yeah. time it was negative and that, yeah. So and I there totally should be agree. joy. There should be joy in sort of trying yeah. for a baby. And when you do get that obsessed, it's not, yeah, it's not yeah. joyful. It's just, it's yeah. like a, it's a chore. It's a, exactly. It's, yeah. So, yeah. I think it comes from not – I think it's hard when you haven't had a child mm. because then it's the question of will I have a child. Yeah. And that's a really big subconscious question to battle with. Oh, I is. think that's why there's the joy gets robbed sometimes, which is really sad. But mm. but it is. It's, it's a joyful time and it's a beautiful time and it's a time that you're not going to have – you know, the rest of your life's not going to be full with mm. having babies. Most people's rest of their lives isn't going to be full with trying to get pregnant. So. Yeah, exactly. But it is all consuming. It, it is. Trying yeah. to conceive, to being pregnant, yeah. to having a baby. Yeah. 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 It is. And it makes sense it's all oh, consuming life. because it's your mm. body. It's like you're, mm. you're watching everything your body does and mm-hmm. um, it's, yeah, it's very all consuming. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So be more chill. 
if I can, if I could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How have you been connecting to God in this last um, season, this current season of motherhood? Mm. I feel like I'm still working on this one. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm still trying to find the rhythm of that and fit that in my day. So it's something I'm still working on every single day. But I think the biggest ones I think are just continually praying throughout the day um, and mm -hmm. just talking to God, just as if he's a friend, he's just sitting there um, and talking to him about the little things and the big things. And um, something Tom and I have done right from when we got married was we pray together every single night before we go to bed. Um, and now we do that with Emily when we put her to bed. And I think just mm. those two sort of connections with God throughout the day, I just know that we're going to pray with Emily before she goes to bed and we'll pray before we go to bed. And mm. knowing that those two little things in my day are consistent every single day, we never miss a day, um, just really help bring God into mm. every single day. Um, mm. And then worship music. I feel like I'm listening to worship music a lot. Haley introduced me to... Um, was that Caleb? Caleb. I've been doing it too. But <laughs> I, I found it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> because of you saying it on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so just having that on the background, I think, is um, just gives you that little reminder in the background mm. when things are stressful. And um, and then just having people in your life who are also Christians and just mm -hmm. are encouraging you and have the same values as you. Um, and Haley's been a big blessing to me in that way. Mm. Um and just, just got me involved in lots of things that um, keep my relationship strong with God. And yeah, so still learning, still That's trying awesome. to figure it out. But oh, we all are. We, we will be for the yeah. rest of our lives. Yeah, we will be. Mm. It's more difficult with kids, although mm. even before I had kids, I feel like I was still always like struggling with it. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's different though. Yeah. yeah. Um, and every season is different. And yeah. I love what you said about having people that can encourage you mm. because mm. Um, likewise yourself and then Amy and other friends mm. just to hear about um, what they do, what they've been learning from God and to have the friends that you can actually ask those questions to mm. or can share that stuff mm. with um, becomes very meaningful and relevant mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, in your stage of motherhood or anything, mm. Mm -hmm. any part of life. Yeah, absolutely. And our final question for you, what is your, one of your favorite verses or scriptures? Um, my, so I have a tattoo on my ribs, which I got with my brother when I was 18, which says fear not. Um, mm. and which is Isaiah 41 10. Um, so I, when I was 18 and I got this tattoo, I didn't really get it with the idea of it being in relation to that, to that verse. Um, but now I feel like it was so, I feel like God was there while I was getting that tattoo and knew mm -hmm. that it, what it would become. Um, so it's, I have a lot of sort of anxiety, um, which I've really grown in over the years, um, which is a lot better now, but I feel like just knowing that God is there and that I don't need to fear, um, and that he's always going to be there for me and everything's mm -hmm. going to be okay. is so helpful for me. So yeah, that's one I just constantly come back to and, um, and just love. Yeah. Really encouraging to me. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having mm. this discussion yeah. with us today. It's been wonderful to see your face and to just hear a little bit more about your story. Yeah. And we really pray that it will be a blessing yeah. to yeah. those that listen when you listen. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And this is our village. Thank you for joining us today on This Is Our Village. If you enjoyed the podcast, please remember to like, subscribe and review and please share it with any mums that you think might benefit from this community. 
This is our village, but we'd love it to be your village too.